Good morning, church, and welcome home. It is so good that you can join us for our final week right here uh, for, of our series, Help for Today and Hope for Tomorrow. I've had a ball working through this series, and over the last five weeks, we've unpacked some really important truths, and today we're going to dig into the sixth one of those. These truths, they come to you out of Romans chapter 8, and they're foundations, they're foundational truths that cannot be shaken once we are established upon them. These truths help us know who we are, they establish our identity, and they build our confidence, not in ourselves, but in the hope established upon Jesus Christ. And these truths, if I give you a recap really quickly, in our first week we looked at the truth of that we are never alone. Week number two, we are never abandoned. Three, we are never powerless. Four, we are always secure. I love that one. Number five, we always have hope. And today, our, our topic for today and our sermon title for today really is this, that is really the clincher for the whole series, and that is that we are always loved. I love that. So uh, let's, let's finish the book of Romans chapter 8 together and uh, open up your Bible, open up your device where you are. Even if you're watching on, on a laptop, you can click on the version Bible on the app right there and you can read along with me. It's Romans chapter 8 verses 35 to 39. This is what Paul writes. He says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. This, this is a complete word, that one, and it's almost like we can close our Bibles and, and that'll be the end of our sermon for today. It is so rich in its language. But our passage really begins with a great question. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Navigating the tumultuous times that is 2020, and I'm sure each of us have gone through a stage where we've questioned God. I think about the things like uh, uh, the conversation with my wife the other day. We were laughing about a meme called Apocalypse Bingo and uh, what's coming next. And then, then they found some mummies. Don't open that tomb, whatever you do. Uh, but the great thing for us as we're navigating this is that when we are up, we are full of faith. And we never question God. Like, where is He? We never question His love. Is that true? We know that God is for us. But subtly over time, and in particular, in uncertain times like we've been navigating, we begin to be challenged in our faith and what we hold true and what we believe. And I want to say to you, that's not a negative. That's actually a good thing. 
But the reality is that when we are great, God loves us. And yet when we are not, we in that time really truly discover the depth of God's love for us. When I am flat and discouraged, the truth is that God still loves me. Can you say amen to me for that? Now, we've all heard about coronavirus. We're probably even sick of hearing it on the news. But there's something out there that maybe you've never heard of. I thank God that I've never suffered with its effects. But we all have brothers out there who have. It's a terrible disease that can strike at any hour, but usually it's Monday morning. It, it'll knock the wind right out of you and even the will to live. How much do you know about the serious disease called man flu? Just the name is enough to invoke sheer terror. Have you seen the supermarket shelves? That any time something is of a bigger size, it's man-sized. Do you know that? You can get man-sized frozen meals. I opened the church fridge one day and there was a man-sized chicken Kiev meal sitting in there. I thought it was a sign from God that it was for me. It wasn't. I remember uh, going to my grandparents' place and my grandmother had man-sized tissues. I mean, why would a man even need a tissue, let alone a man-sized tissue? But you see, anything that is bigger in this world is called man-sized. This might give you a slight understanding to man flu and its seriousness. Here's a couple of images. They're going to flash up on the screen just to my right. And these images uh, might help us to understand man flu a little bit better. The first one popping up right now, it says, man flu, just be glad you'll never know. It's a really good one. The second one, I think ladies, you'll appreciate this one. A woman does not simply get man flu. Ladies, I see you all rolling your eyes right now. But where's your sympathy? Really, where is your sympathy? The third one's probably my favourite because it'll help you ladies understand what a man goes through when he gets man flu. And I pray to God that I never get man flu. But right now you can see, during labour, the pain is so great that a woman can almost imagine what a man feels when he has a fever. Thank you. From down the back, that's awesome. And the last one, just to really finish up and round out this moment, is the fourth one. And this will really help us understand how serious it really is. I have the man flu. I'll be dead by dawn. Fellas, I sympathize with you if you're feeling those right now. But people, let me tell you this. In the middle of facing difficult things, we often lose perspective. And while I'm attempting to make you laugh, the reality is for a person who gets so sick or so lost or so depraved that they cry out to God, they get to this point of almost accusing God of abandoning them. People can easily lose perspective of God in these times, asking, where are you? Why is this happening to me? Or the worst one yet, don't you even love me? 
and all the guys with man flu out there or have suffered man flu know exactly what I'm talking about. But simply, men, we need to become more resilient and learn from our lady friends who are really strong, faithful and determined and many times they will not cry out like that. If a man flu can make us lose perspective or the coronavirus can make us lose perspective, then we really need to strengthen the connection to our foundation stone. We've discovered that our foundation stone in this time is Jesus. And when we're connected strong to him by the truth of his word, then nothing can separate us, nothing at all, from these truths of love. So here's a question for you. Do you really understand what love is? Our world, it programs us to think that love is an emotion and those emotions can be manipulated. Just think about the TV shows or the movies that you've watched of late. Think about the way that um, products are advertised to you. They're appealing to your emotions, appealing to making you feel good. And therefore you start to love whatever that is. And when you love that item or love that food or love that toy, just ask one of your kids, you have to go and get it because you've been drawn by love. Yet biblically, love from God's perspective is not based in emotion. God's love is understood as being self-giving or the giving of oneself to the benefit of another. Love to God then is an action word or a verb, if I may. Five quick points today that are going to help us understand God's love for us. The first one is this. Let's get straight into this. The first one, if you want to know God's, that God loves you, or if God loves you, then look at the cross. 1 John 4, 9 to 10 says, In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation of our sin. Now that's a good word. This is what love is. It's not a hug. It's not some mystical goosebump feeling that you get when you walk into the church. It is a sacrificing myself for you. It is a sacrificing of myself for another. And this is how God demonstrated it. By giving his only son to stand in the gap so that you can be brought into the family. Often we can be blinded to the situation that we are walking through or the emotions that we're feeling. And our emotions, they begin to yell and scream at us like a megaphone. And they dictate to us how we should respond. But as we walk through it, we have to understand that our perspective is limited, just like the perspective of a man who's suffering from a fever and man flu. This whole sense that I'm going to die. But what we need to see is the battle. And the battle is this. There is the temporary reality that yes, I have a sniffle. Yes, I have a sore throat. Yes, I have a headache. That is the temporary reality. And it's, we've got to see it versus the greater reality. 
the greater reality is the cross, whereby the cross, Jesus declared, it is finished, whereby the cross, by his stripes, we were healed, whereby the cross, his blood was shed that we may be forgiven of our wrongdoings and accepted by God himself. This is really the process of maturity. Our physical reality must be viewed through the lens of truth. What is the truth in this situation should become our question. The truth must help us navigate our feelings and not the other way where we are being dictated to by our emotions. It's only then that our response will change. Our perspective will be different. Our second point for today is this. God loves us even when we suck. I can't say it any better than that. You know, human love is fickle. I, I can say that I love many things, and this is probably my go-to all the time. I love a hot dog. I can say that I love to fish. I love my boat. I love my ute or I love my pet. But the reality is I don't really love to fish I don't have a boat, my ute is not really mine, and my pet, well, I, I don't have one anymore. But when our ute stops, we don't love it anymore, is that right? We want to kick it. When our dog is a menace, well, I, I hope you don't want to kick your dog, but we get agitated. When I can't find my favourite coffee or my hot, favourite hot dog stand because it's moved, well, I'm right off that now, and I'll go and find the nearest sandwich bar because I'm always hungry. But thankfully, God is not like this. I know people who have gotten sick from a particular food, and now, now they will never, ever eat that food again. But when something sucks, it really sucks, and we can be off it really quickly. But this is not God. Each day, He is a constant he made a one-time decision that is not dependent upon how good I am or how poorly I behave. The language here is this. It can only be found and summed up in the word covenant. God doesn't wake up in a bad mood and choose to be off us. Thank God for that. He doesn't throw his boots at us and tell us to shut up if we've been barking all night. It's not like Christian karma that um, I'll only get what's owing to me. So if I'm good, I get what's good. If I'm bad, I get what's bad. No, God is not like that. The good news is this. If we found the last few months difficult, it's not the universe's fault. It's not the year 2020's fault. When we've crashed in an emotional heap and we all actually have had a moment where we've crashed, when we fall or we lose hope or we fail in any way, when we've questioned God or we've just really blown it, the reality is God's love hasn't shifted. Romans 5.8 says this, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, come on. You don't have to get everything right to come to God. That's his job. He gets it right in you. Isn't that a good word? But pastor, you don't know. The reality check is, yes, I do. I have failed Jesus so many times. But the scandal of grace is that there is nothing I have done 
am doing or will do that Christ hasn't already paid for. And when I understand that, then I understand love and I'm drawn to love and empowered to overcome. Our third point for today, God's love teaches us that we no longer have to carry what Christ Jesus has crucified. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So church, stop carrying shame. The cross has removed sin as far as the east is from the west. Your sin is removed when you come to Jesus with a repentant heart. Stop carrying it around like you have a heavy burden. Why do we need to carry what Christ crucified? Come to God, confess your sin and keep moving forward. This is the grace that he supplies. And in all of this, remember, we don't take it lightly, but in humility. For why would I ever want to continue to do something that cost Jesus his life? In other words, stop it is the very center of the repentant heart. Apologize. Thank God for his forgiveness. Give to God your burdens and actually let go of them. Refuse to pick them up again. Isn't that a good word? Isn't that freeing? Doesn't that lighten your load straight away? Jesus paid for it at the cross. Number four. We're getting through these nice and quickly. Nothing we face can ever separate us from God's love. And this is where we return specifically to Romans chapter 8, verses 35, 37 to 39. Paul writes this, and I'll read it. It was our reading for today. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Within this list, you can count them. There's about 17 things that the apostle lists off for us. But in those last two verses, he lists off 10 in particular. But ultimately what he's saying, there is nothing, no thing, nothing at all that can separate us from Jesus' love. Go through the list in your own time. Cross it off. We must see that these are things that are good and bad. Yet we must know that the presence of difficulty, pain, depression, famine, anything, um, anything at all does not mean the absence of God's love. Many listening today have gone through, um, or you could be walking through, seasons of testing even now. This is the moment where we are to take courage because it's in these times God uses them to help us overcome. It is the truth that sets us free. And our physical reality is steeped in lies. The only thing that is true comes from knowing Jesus personally 
and understanding the truth of the word. Your body lies to you. Trust me, I know. In the midst of deep pain or depression, Jesus carries you. In your weakness, he is your strength. And we need to get this deep down into our core. We need to understand it fully. Do we believe that God has promised to use all things for our good or not? It's really the challenge of our perspective, isn't it? If God has brought you through it, to it, he will definitely bring you through it. And I love that that's a reality. It might be a little bit of a two-bit conversation, but it's the reality is Jesus brings you to it so that you become an overcomer, a conqueror. I want to be a conqueror. How about you? Lastly, I love this. Through Christ, you, that is both you and I, that means you can endure and overcome. Verse 37, no, there's a no to these things separating us from God. It doesn't matter what comes your way. God is in the midst with you. Know that. In all these things, no matter what you go through, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We in Christ are more than a conqueror. So do you know what a conqueror is? I love this little example. A conqueror is someone who walks around every day, head held high, with a conviction that they walk in the fullness of God's love. In light of the cross and the accomplishment of Jesus at Calvary, this is what we have. Forgiveness. When Jesus said it is finished. We have eternity. That belongs to you and I. I can walk around as a conqueror knowing full well that eternity is mine. I have relationship. I do not have to earn that relationship. I just have to accept that and walk in the blessing of a relationship with Father God. I don't have to measure up. And that's a big one for you. What are you trying to measure up against? You don't have to measure up because Jesus closed the gap. And I love the last one. Death. Why would I fear death? Death, where is your sting, as the word declares? Because I know where I'm going when I die. I can walk with my head held high, knowing that I've conquered everything, even the last enemy, death. Because Jesus has done it for me. We are more than conquerors. So why would we let these things, something as simple as coronavirus, something as simple as man flu, something as simple as a monetary problem, um, financial difficulty, those sorts of things, something as simple as even an ailment in your body, why would we let those things overcome us when we really, the reality is, we've already got victory in them? We have victory when we walk through them with Jesus right there beside our side, beside us. Yes, outwardly, it may look a little bit differently. You might look with the eyes of the flesh and you might see that you're struggling or someone's struggling and you can get around. But the reality is God never leaves us or forsakes us in that moment. It's the hope I have. It's the victory that I have in Jesus. It's what he purchased for me in the cross. And how do I know he did this? Because he overcame the grave. Death could not hold him. On the third day, the rock was blown apart or was removed, as the Bible says. And Jesus no longer lay in the grave, but he walked amongst us again. So how do we become more than a conqueror? 
One thing that we can do this week to help us overcome, to help us to live a life of being a conqueror is to spend time with Jesus each morning where we allow his love to wash over us is a very powerful thing. Psychologists have recently discovered that your attitude is set for the day in the very first eight minutes of the morning. What are we doing in that first eight minutes? Am I checking the sports scores? Am I watching the news? Am I fighting with my spouse or my children? Am I checking my social media and making myself angry? Or am I kicking the dog? Like, what you do in that first moment sets the tone and sets the mood for the entire day. When we soak in the love of God, instead of doing all of these other things, it's in this place that I believe we become the victor and not the victim. I tell you this works. Since Brett Linder was here in the early year in February, every morning, well not quite, but five or six mornings a week, I get up at six o'clock or earlier and I go for a walk and I spend time with the Lord and I pray to God and I'm praying in the spirit. Sometimes I'm singing, but most of the time I'm just praying in tongues and just spending that time and allowing the thoughts to come out and I'm giving them to God and I'm setting myself up for the day, just letting the love of God wash me clean and wash me fresh. It's a very powerful thing. I'm allowing this to happen. And I tell you, since I've been doing that, it's really helped me. Even in the midst of going through the challenges that I was talking to you about, that was the very thing that changed my attitude. I tell you, it works. So I want to be more than a conqueror. I want you to be more than a conqueror. God wants you to be more than a conqueror. And church, this is more than a pep talk. This is more than just uh, the pastor telling you that you can live free. This is more than that. The reality is you can because God, through Jesus Christ, has pioneered a path so that we can walk in victory. I love that. I love you. And I want all of us to walk in the victory that God provides. And the key to it is allowing the love of God to wash over us. It'll change your perspective. It'll make you more than a conqueror. It'll build your confidence. And you won't be shaken Church, maybe you want to respond to that today. Maybe you want to say, you know what, Pastor? I don't know how to do this, but I'm willing to learn. And I want to invite the Holy Spirit to guide me so that I can be more than a conqueror, so that I can walk in the place that God wants me to walk and the confidence that he wants me to walk in him. We've looked at six amazing truths from Romans chapter 8. If you haven't heard the gospel throughout all of this, then, then maybe you're so hard you don't even know the person of Jesus. But today, if you would just raise your hand and say, God, I don't understand it. I don't know it, but I want what he's talking about. I want to walk in the freedom that he, he, he's telling me. I want to walk in the goodness that is available to me. I want to walk as a victor and not as a victim. I want to overcome the things that I am struggling with. Well, church, I'm telling you, the only way you can do that 
is find yourself secure in the love that God has provided you. Love is more than emotion. Love is more than a feeling. Love looks like something. Love is Jesus hanging upon a cross in your place. It's in that moment when he stretched out his arms that he accepted you. It is in that moment as he cried out to God, why have you forsaken me? That your forsaken self was taken away from you. That the love of God filled you. If you would just abandon yourself to the love of God this morning, I can tell you, the Holy Spirit will come into your life. He will take away all of your anxiety. You will set your feet upon the rock. You will encounter the spirit of peace. And it will change your life forever. And no matter what you go through, whether they're high or low, God will have the victory in you. If you would like to pray with me this morning, church, maybe you could click on the bottom and just say, I raise my hand to Jesus this morning. I want to give my life to him. Let me pray with you. Whether you're watching on YouTube or church online or even right now through Facebook. I want to know, do you want to give your life to Jesus? Just as the Holy Spirit moves into position in your life right now, let us accept what God has paid for. Lord Jesus, we come before you now. We accept the truth that you are our hope and you are our help. You love us so much and we love you in response. Today, I say yes to you. Maybe you should repeat that after me. Today, I want to say yes to you. I ask you to forgive me. Take away my sin. Cleanse me in the blood of Jesus. Thank you that you accept me and that you call me your son. I ask for the Holy Spirit to come and reside in me. Empower me with grace that I may walk as a conqueror in every circumstance. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you accept me in Jesus. Amen. You prayed that for the first time. Welcome to the kingdom. Welcome home. And we want to know about it because we want to help you along this journey of discipleship in Christ. God bless you, church. I'm off on holidays for a couple of weeks. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you that we're being able to be released. If you need to know any more about what's happening, Pastor Jamie, Pastor Rod will be here on site and you can contact them. So God bless you. Have a fantastic week this week and walk with your head held high as you conquer everything in the faith and love of Jesus Christ. Amen.
Steve for a great message and if you responded to that message at all please don't hesitate to get in touch if you'd just like prayer or someone to talk to please comment in any of the social channels that you're watching this on or head to our website at Life Source Griffith and find the contact email and get in touch and have a great week <laughs> I didn't even say thank you for tuning in